Hello, and welcome to The Cause and Effect, a podcast from the Winnipeg Foundation, where we talk to people about the causes they care about and the effect that it has on their lives. My name is Nolan Bicknell. Today's episode is a special one. It's the season finale, and on top of that, it's not every day you get to interview your boss, but today is that day. Sky Bridges, the brand new CEO of the Winnipeg Foundation, is joining us for a conversation about many things, uh, including his leadership philosophy and his vision for the future. For me, it's not so much that I want to be remembered for, for, for anything, but that the Winnipeg Foundation uh, continues to be an organization that is here forever, that um, it's more about inviting more people into the movement uh, and being able to move forward on more becauses. Before we get into the show and Sky joins us, uh, I just wanted to make a quick request. Not necessarily that you go and tell someone about the podcast, but the next time you're talking to a friend or a family member and you just talk about books or movies or podcasts that you've listened to, just think of us. Keep the cause and effect in mind. You know, if someone ever asks you, oh, have you seen anything good lately or heard any good podcasts lately? Just keep us in mind. That's all I ask. Thank you very much. And now, without further ado, my conversation with the new CEO of the Winnipeg Foundation, Sky Bridges. Sky Bridges, welcome to the Because and Effect podcast. It's great to have you here. It is amazing to be here. It's great to have you because, I mean, you're a very wanted man for your time and, and energy these days. I'm sure lots of people sort of want to have your ear when it comes to just what the plan is going to be for the foundation and things. How have the first couple of weeks been? Or when was day one and how's the how's it been since day one of, of taking over this new mantle? Well, I, you know, uh, day one technically, uh, I guess, would have been uh, April 27th. Okay. And uh, but prior to that, I was on board for three weeks with an overlap with Rick Frost, which was extremely helpful for me. And uh, I have to say that uh, the the start has been just uh, so much fun. I mean, the, the staff here are incredible. I mean, from outside the organization, you know, you're aware of all the great things. But when you're inside, you realize just how much more amazing uh, things that uh, this organization is doing and the people behind it. It's bittersweet, though, because like you don't really get to see everyone in person, right? Because of this, the, all the restrictions and stuff. So has that been a weird adjustment or, you know, like, have you met everyone face to face or you probably haven't even met half of the staff face to face yet, right? No, I haven't. I mean, we're all uh, working from home uh, and I have had a chance to meet some people face to face, but uh, I'm using as many people are in this environment right now, our technology uh, as we are today to uh, reach everyone. And so, uh, you know, it's, I think as for many people, uh, my previous role, we were all working from home and everybody thought it wasn't going to be long. And so here we are well over a year. There's kind of been a culture, if you will, around this. And so as much as it's also weird, I'm also a little bit used to it. Uh, and uh, I do look forward, of course, when we can all finally come back together. Do you see a light at the end of the tunnel? Are you optimistic or are you like, yes. what, what are you seeing right now? Absolutely. Big picture. Absolutely. I, I think that um, with everything that society faces, it's important to remember that we are not hopeless. And in that, yes, we've had to make adjustments. But can you imagine if this happened 20 years ago, we wouldn't have the technology in place to even uh, keep kind of moving forward? Uh, you know, there's many people, of course, who technology doesn't help them move forward because of the type of industry they're in. But uh, I have to say, you know, uh, human resilience, right? and uh, knowing that things will always get better 
is the reality. Nothing stays the same. Yeah, true. Do you, I, I've been thinking a lot about just access and privilege and, you know, I have a laptop that I can set up and, and, and zoom from wherever I have a smartphone and things. Have you given much thought about like access to technology and internet when it comes to equity and equality and, and things like that? Absolutely. And I think those are conversations that are happening right across the country right now. Uh, you're seeing people realize that, um, you know, when it comes to even high speed internet access mm -hmm. that this is an issue that is moving to the front burner yeah uh you know and uh, and i think that that you know for silver linings and what they are uh this is certainly one of them and uh, i look forward to this being a continued conversation of ensuring that um you know technology is a gap that we close amongst uh citizens yeah very well said for sure so this is the first time of, I'm hoping multiple times we'll have you on the podcast because um, obviously you're not going to be able to speak to like, you know, in-depth foundational, you know, philosophies and things just yet because you're so new to the job. But maybe just bring me back to when, when this whole process started. First of all, did, did, the, did the application process start during the pandemic as well? Yes. Yeah. Yes, so what was that like? Was that kind of bizarre? Was it all through Zoom and everything still too? Or like, yes, it was all geez. the all the interviews were through uh, Zoom. And of course, you know, with that, um, you can't read the room. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> eh? and, uh, mm. uh, and I guess, you know, having a media background, uh, I spent uh, all my time in those interviews staring right at the camera so that I'm connecting with everyone on the other side. So I'm not even really looking at Right. You know, the, the screen of the person I'm talking to because I want to connect with the with the people on the other side. And so it was kind of like giving an interview in a dark room. Right. Uh, you uh, it, it almost feels like you're talking just to yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think all the YouTubers and, and, you know, Twitch stars these days who've been sitting in their computer for the last 10 years and doing that are, are yeah, this is just fine. This this whole pandemic thing. But take take me back to when this first all started and, and you kind of thought that this might be an option of coming to the foundation why did you want to what was it about the foundation that appealed to you and where did this whole this whole journey start for you well, i think the journey you know started for me when uh for myself i was kind of at a point in my life where i where the roots you can say were full in the pot uh, at aptn you know uh, that uh, was time to be transplanted and it was a thought that was on my mind and i started to bit look at the landscape of what other opportunities were there and you know number one i want to stay in winnipeg and uh and number two you know look for something that was aligned with my values uh and would challenge me to to grow uh, as an individual and uh when I was approached and, and, and made aware of this opportunity, you know, at the, the, the front of it. I mean, it looked great. Uh, I mean, you know, the organization um, does amazing things. Vast majority of my life has been in not-for-profit charity, charitable sector, and I kind of wanted to stay in there. And so for me, you know, it was all right. Like, let's just put the, the, the resume in. And I think with everything in life, though, I put things, I put things out there and I just wait for it to come back. I kind of don't you know, place any any emphasis in terms of how things should go forward. It's about organically following the process. And when I was asked to have uh, the interview, I mean, that was just amazing. And it kicked off there as, a, as, a, as, a, as an interview uh, with the executive search firm. And then from there, mm. it evolved to a first interview with the board and then a second interview with the board. 
right? So did you know that the thing about Winnipeg is everybody kind of knows everybody. And if you've been working here for, for as long as you have, you kind of start to know a, at least a few people. So did you know some people on the board? Were you comfortable seeing a couple familiar faces or was it all brand new to you? No, it was all brand new. I actually oh, didn't wow. have any connections uh, with uh, anyone uh, on the board. And uh, yeah, Winnipeg certainly is uh, small in there. Uh, but since, you know, I've been in the organization, I've been You'll get to know people I, quick. I know, I know where those two two degrees of separations are. They're right, showing up. Right. But uh, you know, it was uh, it was a, an interesting experience, as I said, with the video and not being able to meet people in person and and kind of just going with it. But uh, it was a, a great you know uh, adventure. And, and <laughs> honestly, when it even happened and it was offered, it you know it was I was just surprised. Surprised that it, you got it. You had no expectation. I had no obviously. expectation. You know, it really was a surprise, a pleasant and a very happy surprise. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, I think again, you know, when you go through interviews, I don't know for other people. In my whole life, I've walked away going, "Well, I'm not really sure how that went," because you don't really know what everyone's thinking on the other side. Yeah, I mean, unless you're in the acting world, you know, some somewhere where you're just constantly applying for things and constantly getting rejected, like having that expectation or, you know, you can be hopeful, but having an expectation is just setting yourself up to be let down, right? So if, as long as you go into something with no expectations or no preconceived notions, I think that's the best way of sort of approaching something like that, right? Absolutely. And I think that, you know, there is an expectation, but the expectation is that I know that my life is unfolding the way it is supposed to. And whatever mm. the result is, it is in the end what's best for me. Very zen. Yeah. Very zen. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that that's part of how you can have a frame of mind of, of optimism, you know, mm. to prepare yourself that, you know, challenges will happen, but those challenges not necessarily bad for you. They're, you know, they're, they're there to help you grow. Yeah. That, that energy, your energy is very reminiscent of how you kind of introduced yourself on zoom to our staff meeting of the, you know, the first time we all got together and got to, got to meet you essentially. Um, you talked about these eight attributes that are important as a leader. And I thought as soon as I heard them, I was like, I love this guy. I love this dude. He, he, he's, he's got his head on straight. Like this is going to be such a great thing for the foundation. So can you go through maybe just briefly the eight attributes of a leader that you mentioned? Are you okay? To, yeah, absolutely. Yeah? Okay, cool. and, you know, maybe I should also mention a bit, you know, how that even happened. Sure. Uh, so about several, I mean, going back many, many years, uh, a friend of mine, uh, bought me a present and the present was sessions with an executive coach. Cool. And that was my first introduction to uh, really looking at leadership. And it was an incredible experience. How old were you at the time? Uh, let's see here. I would have been 24. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just starting to think Just about, like, I can I can that. actually affect people. You know, I can be a mentor in some ways, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and working with an executive coach and looking at leadership skills is really taking the time to think about how you want to show up in the world and thinking about what are your core values and really defining them and understanding, you know, um, how you want to operate in the world. And, you know, this type of approach can work not just in terms of your leadership attributes, it could be relationship attributes, you know, sitting down and really thinking about in my core, what really matters. Getting to know yourself. Yeah. Right. Like I said, that the, those, these are practices that not a lot of people take, maybe even have the time to do. Right. You go to work, you get home, you make dinner, you, you hang out with your family, you go to sleep. Right. There's not a lot of time for self-reflection. So what was that like for you when you were starting to write these things down and these these concepts? It's a shift of consciousness. Mm. Right. So going away from autopilot to consciously stopping and thinking about what matters to me, who am I? 
who do I want to be? Uh, you know, I, I think it's it's really actually about building a relationship with yourself. Hmm. I, I think we get we get so focused on the exterior world, we react to the exterior world, uh, but doing things like this is about talking to yourself in a way that really consciously says, okay, this is who I want to be. Was this entirely a positive experience or was there some uh, potential, you know, friction of like, okay, I didn't really, you know, did it, did it draw up anything in you that you didn't know was there or anything like that? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, a executive coach, what they really are fantastic in is active listening and then giving that information back to you in terms of what they're hearing. And quite often, uh, they will pick up on things that uh, you're maybe glossing over mm. uh, or that you're just not being uh, honest with yourself about. Gotcha. So, yeah, there certainly is. I mean, that's part of growth is, is that friction. What was what was something that he, he or she said back to you that you were like, oh, I didn't think of it that way? Was there any moments that pop out? Absolutely. You know, at that time, you know, again, a young, you know, 24, <laughs> 25, and I would say, you know, the theme was not recognizing how I was putting myself down, mm. you know, like negative self-talk kind of, yes, yeah. negative self-talk or pushing good things away, you know, like, oh. you know, like that's, you know, not, uh, that, that like that I don't deserve that or yeah, a lot of that. And uh -huh. I think that comes with a lot of, um, you know, uh, there's a long history with intergenerational trauma of, uh, indigenous people, uh, being faced by, and I would say that in myself, uh, I carried a lot of that, you know, as, as, as a youth. And mm. um, it was very challenging for me uh, in the school system. And when you are very young, your mind is very fertile, uh, you absorb a lot of that negative exterior self-talk and you end up embodying it without even really noticing mm -hmm. it. I'm uh, going through that myself as well. I had a lot of coaches growing up, and I think it's just sort of the, you know, toxic masculine I played a lot of sports and it's kind of like suck it up get out there you're fine you can do you know like so my partner currently always says like whenever I get if I fail at something I, I get mad at myself and I get like upset with myself and she says don't you don't need to insult yourself like find out what was wrong fix it there doesn't need to be these negative emotions attached to it you know and I think for young men especially you know a 25 year old man who is used to kind of fixing problems with an with like oh i'm such a piece of you know poa like yeah you know having the having that negative self-talk is not necessary to for growth whereas because i had been coached into improving through that method that's the way that i did it right so i'm i'm, I'm curious sort of that process for you and, and your executive coach how did that get to these eight attributes like how did you did was that a exercise that they said to do was like hey write these eight things down or was it like write down all of your things that are important to you or well back then uh because uh my leadership attributes have evolved since mm, okay. you know, I, i've uh, since then but my my first beginning uh with that executive coach was really about developing you know what is the my inner core values and so that's what we started to work like top on. three or what's that? Uh, I know <laughs> I'm trying to remember back then. Uh, I think in the beginning, you know, it was more than that. It was, I, I would probably say it was probably around, you know, five or eight. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it was all around, um, you know, what matters to you as an individual. Gotcha. Right. And then, and then from there you further define it. Right. right. So you say, well, why, why did you, and, and, and the coach would push you, well, what does that word mean to you? Why are you choosing it? And, and then you would, you would go from there. Uh, but 
you know, these particular ones, you know, when I started at uh, APTN, uh, which I was there for 14 years, uh, it was my first time of developing uh, leadership attributes. And when I started there, I shared it with my, my team when I was hired as a director of marketing and said, you know, here are my attributes. And at the time, uh, there were seven. And they've kind of evolved throughout the years because I believe that they need to because you find yourself in different situations. You grow and change as an individual. And so right before I started the foundation, I pulled out where I was last with my uh, leadership attributes and said, what do I need now going into this situation? Cool. Right. I think when you have major life changes, right, it's about sitting back and going, how do I want to show up now in the world in terms of what I'm now facing? Well, proactivity is so, it, it seems so rare these days. Everyone just seems to be, re I mean, not that I can blame them because everything is so coming at us at a thousand miles per hour, but everyone just seems to be reacting and whatever just happens, I'll just react to it and not really think about it. But you seem to be very deliberate in your approach at least. And, and it's, it's refreshing almost, you know? Yeah, I would guess that a lot of that comes from what we were talking about earlier of trying to become more aware and conscious of yourself, right? So mm -hmm. we do live in a world where we are always bombarded by information and can you move to becoming the observer of it or reacting to it? Right, getting ahead of it almost, yeah. Yeah. So what are these eight attributes? Can you share them? I, th I, I yes. think our listeners would appreciate it because they were very, you know, it, not necessarily complex, but quite profound. Well, well, thank you. And I mean, the first one, which is, you know, I talked about it earlier about what um, executive coaches do really well, and that's active listening. That is one of them? That's that one is, of the, that's yeah, the first okay, gotcha, one, yeah, gotcha. is active listening. And that's really about being present, which is really hard to do. And, and look, active listening is something I think you have to practice your entire life. <laughs> I think right now there was a study that I saw, and they, they said that the active attention, the, the average attention span is somewhere around like four you know seconds I, yep. it's unbelievable so mm -hmm. active listening is the art of having an attention span longer than four seconds uh, i've got really taking the person in i've got to say if you want to practice it start a podcast because since i've started this i've had you know almost 70 conversations sitting down with people who you know i probably shouldn't even be in the room with some of them like you know when it comes to like where they are as far as status is concerned compared to lowly old me but like sitting down and just talking to someone having a conversation looking into their eyes is the best practice for presence because you know how often do you go through a go through the grocery store and you're just, you know, on your phone yeah okay thanks you know have a nice day yeah you too or whatever but sitting down and actually responding having a conversation you know like it, it's been the best thing for for me as far as like meditative process and presence is concerned so if you ever want to start a podcast i can help you out with that <laughs> oh that's awesome I'm, i bet you can and i would say <laughs> you know that your skill set that you're bringing it 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 certainly is um uh uh something that is so critically important as we share with the world everyone's story and so right. i would say when you sit yeah. in front of anyone you're sitting in front of um it is a, such an important um uh, opportunity and uh, i would i would encourage you not to say that uh, <laughs> yeah. you're on different levels because well I, yeah, yeah i just mean i just mean so i i'm constantly flabbergasted that i get to go to these like dinners and gala well not before yeah. the pandemic obviously and yeah. you know like a jets fundraiser and i get to meet the you know like j this job has given me very very uh, incredible opportunities and privileges that i am never going to like be like you know <laughs> comfortable with or like i don't know what the word is but okay so second the first one was active listening active what's listening. the second at, at, uh, attribute the second one is uh, to have curiosity about the world that you're in i think that you know when you are curious and you approach things from that point of view it's it's from an open mind 
mm -hmm. right? So when someone gives you information, uh, be curious about why they think that way, go behind it. And, and because I think quickly, often we are quick to make a decision on things. There's humility in that too. And there's humility and curiosity because you're willing to admit that maybe I don't know everything about everything, right? And you can say like, okay, well, tell me more because I'm not familiar with that or, or whatever. But I, I love that, I love that. Uh, what's number three? So that's about um, challenge and forthcoming. And that's really about an opportunity to grow and learn because you're saying that um, I invite being challenged because that is where you know we grow. I, I mean, I think you know, as a leader, my decisions come from data and information. And so I need people to give me their point of view, data points, even if they, they, they agree or disagree uh, with whatever the subject matter is, because ultimately, um, ideas are better formed when collectively we can come together and understand all points of view on it uh, and move better, uh, move forward together in a, in a better way. That has a lot to do with ego too, right? Like, and being able to, <laughs> to recognize that. And I think a lot of leaders maybe stumble in that area thinking that I got to this point, so therefore I'm, you know, so I, I have a little more sway in the matter or whatever, but it seems like humble and, and, and sort of pushing down that ego is, is, comes along with that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, when we were all really young and curious about the world, uh, you know, that, that's where it comes from. And, and, and mm. I think that's important, too, because, you know, one of one of the other ones that I have uh, is, of course, of having fun. And so when I think when you come from things from that curiosity to you're able you're able also inject some fun into uh and what you're doing. It is fun though. It's fun to learn other perspectives and, and talk to people who have different experiences. And it boggles my mind these days that we have this othering of people that don't share your exact upbringing. And it, 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 you know, I, I'm obviously very, I've used the word privilege maybe a few too many times here, but I've gotten to travel around this country and other countries. And when you see the way that other people do things it's like okay cool i'll take a little piece of that i'll take a little piece of that and you can kind of you become a more whole human being so yeah i think that's 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 wonderful give me a couple more on that list sure so uh gratitude gratitude uh, certainly yes. you know when you can approach the world uh this is partially of being able to always look at the positive mm -hmm. uh yes we have challenges and, and, and i mean that you need to uh, ignore them but to have, give gratitude uh, for your day, it's uh, huge. when you start in the morning, uh, for the people that you interact with, uh, mm -hmm. this is this is also I think uh, something that sometimes we miss out because life can be hard. You have to practice it. Yes. Practice, like yeah, practice makes. Per I think I was, and a lot of kids aren't thought to practice um, development of self. We practice guitar, we practice hockey, we practice volleyball, we practice writing and, and, and singing, but we don't practice like human growth of self, right? And I think I'm hoping the next generation kind of has that uh, baked into the education system or, you know, I don't, I don't even know. Yeah, very Hopefully. well said, yeah. Uh, absolutely true. Yeah, so what else you got on that list? Uh, integrity. Okay, yeah. You know, and uh, that's all about having strong ethical and moral principles and to follow them. For sure. Know? And it's Huge. also about a state of wholeness. Can you expand on that a little bit? So I think of, you know, wholeness within those principles. And, mm. you know, it's about, you know, do I understand and know my ethical and moral principles? Do I, do I practice them? Right. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> practice what you preach, kind of. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, it's going, going back to that. It's going back to that... Um, in some ways, accountability for yourself. Yeah. Be impeccable with your word. Yes. You know, the, what's that? There's a new book. Yes, the, the Four, the four agreements. agreements. That yes. one is. That's yeah, one of them. The, and 
Yeah, uh, uh, Ruse is his last name. Right, right, book. yeah. Yeah. So that I mean, I've already lost count. I'm not very good with numbers. Okay. <laughs> Six, maybe <laughs> seven, five. So, so I got one more. Sure. Uh, one more left, and that's just, uh, or sorry, two more. Uh, uh, respect. Respect. Yeah. And that allows us to live in balance, not only with each other, but balance with nature. Mm-hmm. You know, I think one thing that has come out of the situation that we're in right now in the world is recognizing our impact on <laughs> nature. Yeah. And nature's impact on us. Like how, when you now realize how much benefit you can get from going for a walk and, and just see, like living with the trees and the wind and experiencing things like mental health wise, I, I'm hoping people listening to this, like go for a walk or even when it's cold out, like even when you have to bundle up a little bit, like go outside and be with nature. It's so huge. Has that been always a part of your, um, you know, ethos? Uh, the <clears throat> the nature part. I, I would say that. So when I was um, going to college, I was curious about my indigenous roots, mm-hmm. and that was when I first reached out to find uh, an elder. And I would go and visit that elder uh, every you know three to four weeks, and I would learn about indigenous perspectives of the world. And so that was when I was really first introduced to the concept of um, the family and indigenous. Uh, view of the world is that they're all people in that we have the two-legged people the four-legged people we've got the sitting people the rocks the standing people the trees and that so they use the word people to say that we are all equal and that we must live in balance with them all and with nature so it's a it's a shift of thinking of how you want to look at the world it's the way yeah as soon as i learned that that philosophy uh, so many of the world's problems would be solved if that's the way we all lived because you wouldn't throw garbage in your neighbor's face so why would you throw it into the river right mm-hmm. you wouldn't yeah. you, you have to treat things as if they're living beings because you would if you yeah i don't know i could we, we don't have time to get into all this <laughs> stuff but that's very well said is there one more now yes uh, purpose and vision which is mm. really about you know, uh, uh, for a leader, I think the the number one priority is always managing vision and purpose and being mm-hmm. aligned uh, with that uh, vision and purpose. And to that, I have to say, you know, the Winnipeg uh, Foundation's vision, um, you know, is absolutely amazing. It's what has drawn me also this organization of thinking the good forever mm-hmm. and that we want to build a community where life flourishes for all. For everyone. Have you met Sister Leslie yet who added the for all to the no, end of that? No, okay. I have not had the opportunity to, but I do look forward to that. You should listen to her podcast that I, you know, she's absolutely my hero. She's the one who came up with the for all at the end because she thought it so important that, you know, we can make a life where community life flourishes. But if it's not for everyone, then it's not actual flourish, flourishing, you know? And I absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely love her. So talking about purpose and vision, like what is this next, let's just say year, because obviously you're going to be here for a while, hopefully. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, what's the next year looking like for you? What is your vision? What is your purpose for this next 365 days? I mean, first is getting out of the pandemic, but foundation-wise, let's talk about sort of that vision first. Sure. Well, you know, certainly, you know, for the foundation, which it already has started, is a focus on supporting community where there's gaps. And around COVID, there certainly, you know, has been. And I think we don't fully maybe appreciate where there may be further gaps because we're not done yet. And so, Mm. you know, for us, you know, me at the foundation, it's understanding where maybe more gaps may form and ensuring that we're there to, to fill it and support community. Yeah, it's going to be huge. Are you like, is your plan just to kind of 
meet and talk and listen, actively listen first for the first little bit and just see what it's happening. And then you can kind of choose where to steer this giant ship. Yeah. So from a timing perspective, it actually, you know, my, my appointment fits really well in the process of the organization and that it's time to work on developing a new strategic plan. Mm -hmm. So over the next year, uh, we'll be working on vital signs, which is our approach to research in hearing from community over, you know, what do the next you know few years ahead of us look like? And so uh, this is the perfect timing because it's all about listening and connecting with community. And so I'll be going on that journey uh, and connecting and understanding. Beautiful, love it. So I know you're a busy man, uh, but the, at, the, at the end of our time together on every podcast, I do a segment called Just Because, where it's the same seven questions all about the causes you care about and the effect that it's had on your lives. Are you okay to do that with us? Sure, absolutely. All right, question one. What is the very first cause you ever remember caring about? The very first cause that I ever uh, cared about actually was uh, diversity uh, and inclusion. Uh, when I was at the Red River College, I was actually to I was invited to sit on the president's diversity, equity, and inclusion um, committee, uh, and I was involved in talking about the importance of it at the college, and uh, and that was a great introduction to uh, how do you um, promote and talk about. Um, issues like this within an organizational environment. Right. Yeah, structurally almost, because there's so many structural um, barriers, let's say, when it comes to diversity and, and inclusion, for sure. Uh, so question two, if money and politics and logistics were no issue at all, you could just snap your fingers and something would happen, what's the first thing you would do in support of your main current cause right now? Well, that's a big question <laughs> and uh, absolutely anything, right? I can snap yeah. my fingers and it just goes away and, well, I would probably say inequality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, that's, a, that's a, an issue that has faced society since it started and uh, there's no easy answers to it. So if I had to have a wish on something, it'd be something uh, that, uh, you know, there's not an easy approach to. Yeah, it's multifaceted, <laughs> a multifaceted problem that has been exacerbated in the last year and a half, right? We The gap is widening and we need to assess the systems that are allowing that gap to continue to widen uh, between the sort of haves and have-nots, um, <laughs> as you will, yeah. Question three, what's the biggest misunderstanding or stigma about your cause? About uh, the, the cause, so? Yeah, so you, if you want to call it in, 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 inequity or, or inequality or, yeah. What, what do you what's think is the, the biggest, biggest stigma? stigma? Well. You know, it, it's such a complex issue yeah. on it, and there's many stigmatisms around that from, you know, um, the individuals themselves are just not helping themselves, right? That there is opportunity. The bootstraps uh, argument. Yeah. Yes, yes. But uh, so I would ha probably say that that would be the biggest yeah. uh, misperception. Mis Almost every interview that I've had whose you know causes social justice that's the number one thing that people say is this argument that we have that people are choosing it people are choosing to be you know any and it's it's I spend a lot of time online on certain forums and things and and seeing the arguments and seeing things on Twitter or on Facebook I mean that's not a very healthy place to be debating <laughs> social inequities but um, yeah that's a one of the biggest frustrations for me is is how often people think that it's just uh, something that you can dig yourself out of and not understanding that people don't start at the same starting point in life right and I think what's behind that is that we don't recognize that we are actually all connected if because even within your own you know everyone has their own idea of their own 
circle of individuals mm -hmm. and people mm -hmm. and uh, and they support within that circle and so if we could get society to understand that as a community as a whole all of us forever that we are all connected um, it would look very different I think. 100% yeah a, a, a chain is only as strong as its weakest link right we want to make sure all the chains are strong and taken care of yeah exactly uh, question four what's a time in your life where you had to pivot because plan A wasn't working out so you had to go to plan B Oh, there's been so many <laughs> times and I'll tell you when uh, COVID first started, there was, you know, many moments around that because uh, when it happened, everyone thought it was going to be, you know, short term. Yeah. And so a couple weeks, a yeah, couple, couple weeks. weeks. So there was a <laughs> lot of pivoting in terms of understanding that this is longer term and what that meant for um, business practices, supporting staff, yeah. you know, at, at home. How many, how many people or, or staff were you in charge of at APTN at the time? Wasn't it a ridiculous uh, well, The organization itself is around 155, 160. Yeah. And so, you know, through there, um, you know, I was responsible for operations and as well as human uh, uh, people and culture department. And so through that, you know, having to support a workforce at home, plus also a, a workforce that still had to come into the office because as a broadcast right. network, yeah. you still have to go to air. <laughs> so, you know, there was a lot of, of change in terms of understanding now that this is more longer term and we need to think of it that way. Yeah, no kidding. Just the logistics of that are mind boggling to me. You know, it's, it's even for here at the foundation, we we're 60 not even half of that so it's I, I'm glad it's not my job I'll tell you that much I'm glad to be sort of the one that's just able to kind of keep puttering along um, question five what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given love yourself mm. you didn't before so that had to be a like or what was the why did that make it the best because I think we often forget as I said earlier that we have a relationship with ourselves yeah you know it's it's are we connected with our inner self are we aware of our thoughts yeah uh and you know and i don't think you ever arrive there i think you have <laughs> moments in your life where you forget yeah. and you're not your best friend and you need to get back there again but even talking about it i mean how often do we have a conversation around you know do you like who you are and yeah. and uh and how do you move forward in liking yourself more if you don't if there's things that you know and right uh, we can get a big long yeah, conversation no on that one, but you know, it was an elder that uh, that came to me and, and said, you know, uh, love yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that self care thing. My current, yeah, my my partner is very big on the self care and just like you know, you don't have to. I don't know. Yeah, we can get into it like crazy, but um, I think it's very important for young men especially to realize that you 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 have to be okay with who you are first before you can even think about being even in a relationship with someone else right because you, if you don't love yourself you, you can't you're not physically capable of loving someone else i don't think like and i've been through a lot of relationships <laughs> where i didn't quite love myself yet and it yeah anyways that's a different podcast question six what advice would you give your 10 year old self if you could talk to him right now i would say um have more fun have more fun yeah you know uh, I think uh, you know when I was growing up you know as I mentioned uh, I was difficult in terms of being seen as different amongst you know my my uh, my, my peers you mm -hmm. know there was there was bullying and uh, lots of, of teasing and so I would say you know to my 10 year old self that all this that's happening um, doesn't matter and it's not true 
and to just, you know, have fun. Fun is what it's all about. I bet, you know, you could have a leader come in and say, yeah, we're going to have integrity and purpose and all this, this. But when you threw in the fun, I was like, okay, this is going to be good. This is going to be a fun, <laughs> this is going to be a fun CEO. That's awesome. Um, Sky, thank you for talking to me today. Like this is an awesome introduction for our listeners and for everybody. Um, good luck in the future. I'm hoping to have you back on the podcast, maybe in a year's time you can be, cause Rick was the only two time, two timer on All the podcast. Right. Well, so I look forward we'll to that. Back. Uh, but the last question, it talks about purpose. It talks about a little bit about legacy, but you, you must've been thinking about it a little bit. What do you want to be remembered for when this is all said and done and, and you kind of hang up the boots and, and retire? What do you want to be remembered for? Well, you know, ultimately, I do believe that anyone who steps into an organization um, and even, you know, leaders, that it's kind of like a, a having a bucket of water and you can put your hand in that bucket, but when you pull it out, the water just fills in mm. on itself, right? Mm. And so for me, it's not so much that I want to be remembered for, for, for anything, but that the Winnipeg Foundation uh, continues to be an organization that is here forever, that um, it's more about inviting more people into the movement uh, and being able to move forward on more becauses. Uh, so it's, it's more about the organization itself and what we can achieve together to continue. Because even though it started 100 years ago, it is a social innovation. Mm -hmm. The fact that someone thought of <laughs> Alloway, that we should invest the capital and the interest uh, goes towards supporting the community. I mean, it's 100 years old, but that innovation is so amazing today when you actually think about what it has achieved. And so for me, uh, as a leader, it's being the custodian of that social innovation and ensuring that it continues forever. Well said. Sky Bridges, new CEO of the Winnipeg Foundation. Thank you for talking to us. Uh, good luck in the next you know, year. I'm excited to work with you and excited to really uh, dig our teeth into this city and make it a better place. Thanks. Well, thank you, Nolan. Thank you for guiding me on this conversation. <laughs> no problem. It uh, has been awesome, and I hope you have a great day. Great. You too. Thank you again to Skybridges for the wonderful conversation today. Uh, it was an honor to have you on the show, and I really enjoyed getting to know you and look forward to working with you in the future. It's going to be really cool. As you can tell, Sky has a great, great heart, a great head on his shoulders, and uh, I think the foundation is in very good hands. It's, it's a beautiful thing to see. And thank you for listening. I know uh, at the start of the show I said you don't have to go out today and tell people about the podcast, but you know, just keep us in mind. If anyone asks about any shows or movies or podcasts you've listened to, just keep us in mind. That's all I ask. All music on the show is produced and composed by Trenton Burton. You can find more of his music at trentonburton.com. The Cause and Effect is a podcast of the Winnipeg Foundation. You can learn more about the foundation by visiting our website at wpgfdn.org or by searching at wpgfdn on all social media channels. I'm at Nolan Bicknell on social media. You can come chat with me there. And since this is the last episode for a while, thank you again so much for listening. We're going to see you in a about a month or so. And remember, people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. Bye-bye.